Right. Hello and welcome to the DFS underscore PhD show for Monday Night Football. Remember, you're good enough, you're strong enough, and gosh darn it, somebody's got to win that money. And hey, congrats to some of my dudes winning this money. BP gave me advice the, the day I won all that money. Really enjoy talking to you all the time in DK's Discord. Always enjoy Feecheck and Forsaken's commentary on Twitter. And Neil Heskey, always taking my money in Madden Sims. You guys know I'm winning Madden Sims, but he's he's an OG. He's always in there. He's maxing every slate. I really appreciate him for keeping Madden Sims alive, um, amongst other people. So, uh, yeah, that's a if this held and they're up by enough that I feel comfortable talking about it. They're up by 0.7. They were up the whole second half. Um, a really a really nice lineup. Good job, guys. Um, generally, though, I want to talk about you know what what actually happens is a little bit incidental. No offense to you guys. Obviously, hundred thousand dollars is great. I know all about it. It's awesome. It's fun. I uh, hope I hope I I think I'm going to see a couple of you guys already at the uh, tournament of champions semis. But yeah, um, we can learn a little something by the way that lineups were constructed, even without knowing what happened. Right. So that's a little bit more interesting to me is figuring out what we can learn um with like before the stuff happened so obviously none of these guys actually won so you know you can pick and choose your lessons here but i'm trying to win whatever the top prize is right and so i want to learn from the people who had the most shots of doing that tonight um and granted you know it's not bad to win a hundred thousand dollars when i set my own geometric mean of ownership i'm trying to win a hundred thousand dollars but what does that mean that means under five dupes right so not only the uniques column, which is interesting, and that's how I sort, you know, this naturally, but the under five dupes column, these are the guys who have the most chance at winning 100,000. I'm particularly impressed with William tonight. He did what I did for game one of the finals. He came in with way less than 150 and still wound up on the top 10 of uniques. Whatever whatever leans he had tonight, that was clever, that was nice. I don't, you know, he shouldn't be discouraged, probably didn't win that much money. Um, there were gross, gross lineups out there tonight, guys. I hope you were not playing Chiefs defense. I apologize to you if you play def Chiefs defense, but you shouldn't be doing stuff like that. You definitely shouldn't be playing Chiefs defense, Travis Kelsey captain, and leaving no salary on the table tonight. That was definitely going to be terrible. I can't believe Rashi Rice is in a lineup that was duped that much. Something must have gotten out. Um, but yeah, things went pretty well for us. Would have gone so, so, so much better if Tyler Conklin had caught that very first touchdown. I mean, eventually it goes to Uzuma, and that's one of my better ones, but then Sky Moore doesn't do anything the whole night. You know, it was it was a fun slate. It was a fun slate. I still came out. Oh yeah, I should say um, on my congratulations post. We also had my uh, yeah took down a couple of a uh, couple saddies with lineups that were Conklin captains. So that's why I'm talking about Conklin. One of them had Pacheco and McKinnon. So I was kind of hoping McKinnon would break one on that last drive for this lineup, but it wasn't that close. This is the lineup that actually kind of had a shot. If we could have had Brees, maybe get all the way to the end zone on that one Conklin catches touchdown. I think this is the the optimal, but you know, who cares? It was a good night overall. We're up on a slate of showdown. Some friends want a hundred thousand. Can't complain. Uh, I got some ideas for tomorrow. So I just give you these ideas right away. First of all, um, I think there is value and the value comes from people misprojecting the running backs here or being overconfident in the roles they're playing despite Matt Breida being Matt Breida and Kenneth Walker being Kenneth Walker. They're both fine, but they also both have adequate and potentially kind of explosive replacements. So that's what I'm trying to capture here. I, I'm not going to settle on my lineups right now. 
Um, I'm building some out over here just to see what the optimizer thinks, but but I'm just going to get its opinion and then tell you mine. Um, so I think you should leave at least 1500 on the table if you're trying to win $100,000 tomorrow. I don't think you have to leave more than 4000 I think that's getting too cute. 3000 is probably fine. We'll see. It looks like I'm able to build out four. I still want to be able to populate 5,000 lineups. Um, so it might be able to go to 3000 and not be too constrained. Uh, I want one Giants running back and one, oh, not, I want one. At max one Giants running back, max one Seattle running back. I think these guys vulture each other. I don't think there's any way both Charbonnet and Bright and uh, Kenneth Walker get there or Brita and Brightwell get there. One or the other of them falls in the end zone more often. And if they both do, neither one of them is optimal. So who cares? That's not the case we're looking to, to, to model. So that's what I always do here with my um, projections for running backs. And sometimes with wide receivers, I haven't done it here with wide receivers yet because I don't know what these wide receiver rooms are like right now. And it was a really weird week last week for the Giants if you were watching the game because Wandale Robinson like only ran like four routes and had four catches or something. It was the weirdest thing ever. And so how do you project that? Obviously, they like throwing to him. He can get open, but he's not on the field. Uh, he was recovering from injury. You've got Jackson, Smith, and Jaiba here. If you've got to lean one way or another on him coming back, he's probably underpriced. He's probably underprojected here. Maybe that's another stand I'll make here. Yeah. I think he's talented, but what was his route share, right? That's what we want to do at this time. Um, we want to look at wide receivers. Jackson, Smith, and Jaiba. Only, I don't know how to pronounce names. 44%. Jake Bobo, 40%. Yeah. Jake Bobo. I think that's where we got to be because he's getting this. What happened there? Why was Jake Bobo getting snaps? We got a note on that. If he's like, it's kind of hilarious if he's overtaking um, Jackson on the depth chart just naturally. That's hilarious. I don't think he got hurt. This is me reading the news in case you guys are listening to. Yep, was not hurt. So he might be losing his spot, right? Because in week two, he played 56%. Oh, is it just a... I don't know why they put that filter on there. Okay, yeah, so Bobo was out there for some of the snaps anyway. Okay, but his snap percent did go up from 25 to... 41%. So Bobo's taking more snaps and you can see what he's doing with it, score more points. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, that, that is, I do have Bobo in a lot of lineups, but now I'm going to boost him. Yeah, I am at five, but I think it's, I think five might even be conservative. So if we get, if we assume somewhere the average of the last two weeks, then his snaps per game will be 30 and 20, so 25 snaps per game, average the last two. Points per 100, his average is about 30, or sorry, 15. So if I could keep those two numbers, about a quarter of 15, yeah. I got him, I got him at five-ish, right? Yeah, so, and what I'm trying to capture here again is the the big day from the backup tight end, or the, in this case, it's a wide receiver. Bellinger, I like I like Bellinger too. I was looking up snap counts for these tight ends on uh, 
on the Giants. And, you know, obviously the more talented one is the one we all know. But the whole season long, like, they are out there 128% of the plays, which means 28% of the plays, both Bellinger and Waller are there. And those 28% of the plays, again, if you're a first-time viewer of the podcast, welcome. Um, uh, You should like, comment, subscribe, help me with the algorithm. Glad to have you here. Um, It's ridiculous how many people are listening to me now, but I like to talk about game theory, and it's so cool. Like, when I was in college at MIT, there was just, like, this didn't exist. You could just talk, like, you could do pick em leagues and like survivor and stuff. And that's okay. Honestly, I don't really enjoy it that much. So I'm glad this exists and we can have really real fun and look at numbers like this and see that, you know, okay, he's out there. Dellinger's out there. Eventually Daniel Jones is going to understand. He can't just keep peppering Waller with targets. It's not working out. He's not catching enough of them and he's got to work it to other people. So I'm thinking Bellinger's eventually going to start catching these uh, pretty important targets in red zone areas, third downs, and he's definitely going to be out there for because, like, you at least have to have him out there for protection a lot. So um, I think Bellinger's a great play on the slate um, and Bobo. Bellinger and Bobo are your your values to smash to get you there. Um, and then probably, let's see, where's our captain leverage? Just to check what the uh, optimizer thinks. And again, I'm going to rerun all this. Like, I'm going to tweak it a couple more times. So these aren't final lineups for me. Like, for whatever reason, it's put 0.1% Charbonnet in the pool. And it's like, okay. I mean, I, maybe that's the captain pool percentages. Okay, that's more more reasonable. Yeah, that, that's fine. I'm really forcing that in there. Right, so for captain then, my highest leverages, yeah, are the running backs. I think Brightwell, Brita, Charbonnet, nobody's going to take those risks. And I mean, everybody's on Walker, so you can be on him too if you want. Um, but yeah, Daniel Jones and Gino are reasonable highest owned captains probably means fade them in tournaments because they're not likely to be the highest uh, scorers, right? Quarterbacks in cash are good to play because they're likely to score points and a lot of them, but they're not likely to um, be the highest scorer on a team, right? Like if they actually, if DK catches two of two touchdowns and goes for a hundred yards, he easily outscores Gino, right? No matter if Gino runs for a hundred yards or not. Uh, and I don't think Gino is expected to run for a hundred yards. Um I've got a lot of, you know, I think a few more of these guys I've projected a little higher. Colby Parkinson. I'm a big Colby Parkinson fan. You know, you've heard me talk about backup tight ends. I just finished talking about Daniel Bellinger. If you wanted to go and look at snap counts for the tight ends on the Seahawks, you would see the same thing. Colby Parkinson, my apologies. You would see that Colby Parkinson was out there 71% of the snaps. He's out there every snap, man. And like, that's, is that new? 50% the week before. Oh, Disley got hurt. Yeah, is Disley still out? What's the deal with Disley? No, Disley's in. So with Disley in, it's only going to be 50% of the snaps. And now that probably means we have to set a bundle here with Disley, Parkinson, and uh, Fant. Yeah, we have to set a bundle where we don't choose more than one backup tight end or whatever this is. So, you know, whatever. This is an example of how you set the process, right? Because you think, fine, I think I want to spread the equivalent of Daniel Bellinger you know, points around Fant and Disley and Parkinson. Honestly, now that it's three-way split, that's extremely gross, and I don't really want any of any of those guys. So let me check. I thought, uh, was this been... Yeah, Disley's still questionable, and Fant. All right, so double-check this before tomorrow because I don't know what these guys' actual injury status is. And if they're both out, I mean, 
best play on the slate could be Colby Parkinson, right? I mean, just slam him in every lineup. Otherwise, I think probably your two best value plays of the slate are going to be Bobo and Bellinger. Uh, two uh, min price is stupid for them. The, these are guys who are going to be out there. I mean, Bellinger, 50% of the snaps. The, um, Bobo, I mean, obviously, I know Bellinger's not running routes on 50% of the snaps. But Bobo is going to be out there, what did we say, 20, 20 to, we said 40% last week. And then the week before, it was 25 so 25 to 40% of the snaps always running routes as a wide receiver. I mean, always. Most of the time running routes as a wide receiver. Min price, dude. So unless there's like a new guy who came to the team and is – no, there's not there. So I don't know what's going on there. And, um, yeah, I think it's possible. Let me tell you the other bundles I'm considering right now that I have like done and undone and I'm still going back and forth. I might boost both Jackson, Smith, and Jeeba and um, – Who's the other guy that's like fighting for that role? I just said his name like a second ago. But it's gone to the either. The other, okay, I'll go see his snap counts. Bobo. But that's the thing. They can both get there. Bobo's too cheap. And so Bobo can get there without the touchdown. And I'm, I only set my bundle caps whenever I think the people really limit each other's percentage of being optimal, right? So. I'm not going to do Bobo limits. So with, okay, but I might limit DK, Lockett, and Jackson because no, no. Jackson and Bobo are fighting for the same spot and DK and Lockett are, are separate. And maybe maybe a reasonable pairing is to choose one of Metcalf or Lockett and to boost them both by about four or something. That might be reasonable. I think I'm going to do a couple more forks like that, but I haven't quite nailed down what they'll be. I'm going to listen for news, maybe do a couple more forks like an hour and a half before the slate tomorrow. I'll let you know. Um, I'll post it in the thread um, if I, yeah, if I do any more rules. But otherwise, that's that's basically it. You know what to do for showdowns. You play a lot of the um, quarterbacks. You play a lot of the pass catchers. And then you get different. You, you figure out what do you think those fun pieces are going to be, and then you hope they catch the random pass. And, and yeah, that's how you should be looking at this too. Like with each player, do you like your leverage, right? So like, do you like being under the field on Daniel Jones, quarterback, uh, captain? Yes. Do you like being under the, because of the reasons we explained earlier about quarterbacks, probably not being the high scoring captain. Same thing with Gino, although with Gino, he has a little bit more ground potential. So maybe more, more possible to run him out there and expect him to be the actual high scoring person than with Daniel. But either way, don't get to either one of those is fine with me. And then all the, all the guys like, yeah, any, any one of these guys score a touchdown. <laughs> this is like all the touchdown scores, right? Waller, Brightwell, Charbonnet, Metcalf, Walker, Brita, which if one of these lineups will be ahead, right? Because they'll have that touchdown score. Um, and that's the basic idea. Like tonight winning lineup had that all the touchdown scores, right? That's basically what it wound up being. So, yeah, I think that's basically it for tomorrow. That's all I got for now. So let's just say again, it's important to be in a positive mindset. I'll link to the tape afterwards, but you need to pay attention and, like, don't set lineups, um, you know, in a rush. Don't set lineups uh, from a place like a, you're, you're on tilt from last night or whatever. You have to let last night go. You have to allow the new day to come, you know, be in a, be in a happy place. And remember, you're good enough. You're strong enough. And gosh darn it. Somebody does have to win that money. And sometimes it's us and our buds.